Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Live. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Live on KMOX. So I'm not trying to bring something up that's going to uh, irk you. Irk? Irk. Yeah, we'll go irk. I'm not trying to bring something up that's going to irk you. And any time this conversation gets brought up, there are people that kind of get triggered by it. Matt Pajeski, can you guess what I may be about to mention that, uh, especially for Cardinals fans, that they get a little on edge about? Something that's going to irk Cardinals fans. Yes, I don't know. Is it the randomness of the postseason? No. We're, we're done talking about that oh, okay. for at least a little while. What is the topic that we have had over the last two months, month, month and a half Cardinals related that maybe got the largest amount of feedback on? I would say maybe some dis- managerial decisions. You're the Apple TV Plus. Oh, yeah. There you go. Sorry. That put you on the spot there. So, saw some... Um, so- this this is kind of sports. I just I found this to be funny because of the Albert Pujols seven hundred thing. Um, some streaming numbers came out for various streaming services. Now, this does not include like streaming services. They get real numbers like a Netflix and a Hulu and things like that. So this is kind of going through some of the secondary type streaming services. And one of the people that I follow on uh, Twitter, he's at TV Grim Reaper. He's a good follow on Twitter, by the way. I love like following along with the TV industry. Um, he made, he quote tweeted this and, and made the point that a single network TV show, and Matt Pajeski always makes fun of me because I watch network TV, a single network TV show gets like the ratings when you compare it to some of the streaming stuff they're in different hemispheres he makes the point that a one any like the chicago shows on nbc like chicago fire chicago whatever uh it's gonna get um, a half billion minutes in a single week every single one of those episodes so uh this is uh the streaming numbers when it comes to minutes for some of the streaming services. Pluto TV, 5 point, and this is for a week. This is for one week. So from last week, Pluto TV, which is a free service where you can just watch like random channels. Last week, there was uh, people watching it for 5.3 billion minutes. So just remember, 
That's nothing compared to what network shows are getting. Uh, Peacock, which is a fairly notable uh, streaming service, 4.7 billion minutes last week. Tubi, which is another free one that's from Fox, 4 billion. The Roku channel, if you have a Roku, 3.7 billion. If you have a Discovery Plus subscription, you are one of very few people out there that evidently do because they are down at 1.6 billion. And then we get to Apple TV Plus. Apple TV Plus. So just a reminder for you that a single episode of network TV is going to get half a billion minutes, a single episode. Apple TV, their whole play on Major League Baseball, trying to get people to come to them because they watch these games, then maybe they'll subscribe, maybe they'll watch some of their content. That bet doesn't seem to be working. Apple TV Plus last week had pretty much the lowest numbers of any streaming service at just 582 million minutes. Second lowest Discovery Plus at 1.6 billion. Apple TV Plus, 582 million. So if that makes you feel good because you're still mad at Apple TV Plus because of the uh, them having the pool 700th, there you go. They're not doing very good. Nobody's watching it. And that's where, uh, that's where they're at. So I saw that, thought it was kind of... Uh, Thought it was kind of funny. Uh, one other thing I wanted to note, and I, I'm, I am, I like the business of things. I don't know if you've caught that about me. Like I love games, I love talking about games. But those numbers that I just went over, those interest me. And here's another one, and this is one of these things where the sports gambling world and the sports world are coming together in a way that's resulting in some uncomfortable situations. So if you're familiar with the company Fanatics. Fanatics is the sports apparel company. They have uh, all the the rights with uh, all the various leagues, and they also have some deals with uh, some individual uh, athletes as well. Uh, their CEO is a guy by the name of Michael Rubin, and uh, he had partial ownership in the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils. I don't know how this is all going to work out, but Fanatics, uh, they are going to um, start going into the sports gambling industry. So now in addition to being a company that is doing uh, apparel, they're going to go into sports gambling. And what that ends up looking like, I don't totally know because of that and because they have deals uh, with individual athletes. Um, they So because of that, Ruben had to sell his stake in the Philadelphia 76ers and the New Jersey Devils because he can no longer, as the CEO of a company that works with athletes from other teams, he can't sit there and own a team. So, again, this is just one of those, and we're going to see a lot more of this moving forward. We're going to, everybody's trying to do everything. You're an apparel company and you're having success to it, but let's get into sports gambling. Well, you're an apparel company and you've got a CEO and you want to uh, you want to own a team as well. And we're going to see a lot of these things where you got one hand in one bucket and you got another hand in another bucket, and then all of a sudden everybody's got to figure out uh, what you're uh, what you're doing, what you can do, what you can't do, that sort of thing. Uh, prior to the Sixers trading uh, James Harden in February. The NBA was really looking uh, at uh, at uh, Ruben uh, because he has a close relationship with Harden, and they've got a business deal when it comes to fanatics. So it's just one of those things where 
And again, this, it always seems to come down to sports gambling. That's where we're at right now. I saw one major sports gambling company just went ahead. I, can't, I say major. They were, they were, they were a player. Like, I, I can't remember who it is off the top of my head. But there's too many right now. There's too many, whether it's FanDuel, DraftKings, Barstool, Betfred, like whatever it might be. There's you know, Caesars, MGM. There, there's so many of them right now. And there's only certain space for the, the sports gambling industry. And at some point in time, a bunch of these companies that are out there are going to start falling off all at the same time. You got other companies that see a paycheck when it comes to sports gambling and are trying to get involved. And that's where uh, you see this with the uh, CEO of uh, Fanatics and them trying to, uh, again, you buy a buy a hoodie and get a free bet on an NBA game. I don't know. 314-436-7900, 314-436-7900. I said when I was talking about this earlier, it's the uh, it's a hot-button issue, the Apple TV Plus stuff. Daryl has given us a call. Hey, Daryl, you're on Sports Open Line. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, I am a nobody on Twitter. I have, like, 15 followers, okay? But I did a tweet last month or whenever it was that even Danny Mac himself liked when I effectively said, dear Apple TV Plus, TBS, ESPN, and I tagged all of them, please do not cheat us out of our experience. When Albert comes to the dish, please allow Danny Mac in the booth to call the shots. Now, I dare anyone in New York, San Francisco, and any point in between to tell me that that would not have had a positive impact on the numbers that you that you were talking about just a few minutes ago. Oh, it would have zero impact. That's not true. That's not true. That that would have been PR gold. More people are watching Ted Lasso last week because Dan McLaughlin's calling Albert Pujols' call game on on, on Apple TV Plus a, a, a month ago. If word gets out ahead of time that those 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 very benevolent nice people on the coast are allowing that silly little local guy to call Albert shots. That's a, that not only creates good feelings in St. Louis, it creates good feelings all over the place. Now, am I saying it's going to put them over the billion mark? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But if you want to sit there with a straight face and try to tell me that that is not a good PR move, <laughs> no, that's not going to fly. All right, Daryl, I appreciate it. I'm not telling you that's not a good PR move. That's not what I was saying. Not saying that's not a good PR move. What I am saying is that these numbers would look exactly the same. The 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 handful of people that might have given Apple TV Plus a look because Dan McLaughlin got the opportunity to call Albert Pujols at bats on on the Apple TV Plus would have made a zero dent on how many many people were watching Apple TV Plus last week. Zero. It would add no impact whatsoever. Good PR move, sure. Real impact on their numbers, no. You are you are overvaluing how many people who like the Cardinals would actually be watching Apple TV Plus. There's only I like Apple TV Plus because of two shows. I like Ted Lasso and I like the Morning Show. And 
They're, uh, neither of those shows have uh, new episodes right now, so I haven't watched Apple TV Plus in quite some time either. 314-436-7900, that is the number to call if you'd like to join us. Uh, Randy Mullman's going to join us in uh, just a few moments. We'll talk uh, Missouri football with him. Might even get into a little SIUE uh, conversation as well. That's next at Sports Open Line on KMOX. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sunday, it's the Chiefs and 49ers, and you can hear the game here. Pre-game coverage at 2, kickoff 325, Kansas City, San Francisco, this Sunday. Touchdown, Kansas City! On your home for Chiefs football, KMOX. Sports Open Line does continue here on a Thursday night. Just one more. So I was trying to do some of the math going back to our last caller who thought that uh, Apple TV Plus would have had a lot more viewers last week had Dan McLaughlin called the Pools home run a few weeks ago that all those Cardinal fans would have been so appreciative of Apple TV Plus that they would just be watching it nonstop since then because we were giving some of their numbers from last week and they were like 582 million. He said, don't know if they would have gotten over a billion minutes watched, but uh, it would have been close. So at that point, you're talking about adding 400 plus million Minutes, So you would have needed 4 million Cardinals fans watching Apple TV Plus for 100 minutes each last week. Again, when I said it wouldn't have made a difference, it wouldn't have made a difference. Randy uh, Molman is the PA announcer for Missouri football, does uh, play-by-play work with uh, SIUE, and he joins us right now. You can follow him on Twitter at uh, rmolmanvoice. Hey, Randy, it's good to talk to you. How are you? Oh, great to talk to you, Matt. Uh, hopefully one day we'll get to meet face-to-face. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and I'm sure that will be happening uh, in the relatively uh, near future. I wanted to talk uh, a little Missouri Tigers uh, with you. First off, uh, we got the injury report today, and they are listing Luther Burden as probable. Uh, he had been listed uh, as questionable or even doubtful uh, previously, but now it looks like there's a pretty good chance that he's going to be able to play. Obviously, they need this win against Vanderbilt on uh, Saturday, and it would be good if they could have burden available for sure i mean he's a dynamic talent right and uh you know any way you can get him the ball uh you i think i mean if you look across the country matt you, there aren't that many true freshmen that are dominating the game at this point no matter what program no matter what conference so uh, i didn't fully expect luther burden to come in and dominate but i do feel like having him healthy on the field uh getting him the ball creatively in space can only help uh, having him return kicks can only help. Anytime you can get him uh, hands on the ball, 
and, and let him uh, use his natural abilities, uh, I think is a plus for Mizzou. Most years, most situations, you're going into a home game against Vanderbilt and you feel really good about yourself. And admittedly, Missouri is a two-touchdown favorite going into this game on Saturday. But in many ways, if Missouri is going to rescue their season and find a way to get to six wins and get bowl eligible, it feels like this is the crossroads moment right now where at the very least they have to get a win and they have to play well and try to springboard off this game. I agree. And, you know, look, their defense is going to keep them in uh, most games. Uh, I mean, they kept them in the Georgia game. They've, uh, they kept them in the Auburn game. Look, the defense played well enough to win at Florida. So uh, the, the concern this week, Vanderbilt does have a pretty good offense, but I do feel like Mizzou's defense matches up with just about anybody. They have to get this win. I, look, no one's going to say it's a quote-unquote must win, but when you start to count the number of games left and the number of wins you need to become bowl eligible – uh, you start to think in your mind that this might very well be a must-win Saturday. Yeah, I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, and it's the SEC, so you're always going to be playing tough opponents, but the South Carolina game looks tougher now than it did when the season got started. South Carolina got a pretty good win a couple weeks ago. Obviously, Tennessee is one of the best teams in the nation. We weren't expecting that. Kentucky's been in the top 25 all season. Arkansas was in the top 25 earlier this year. Uh, so you you have New Mexico State and Vanderbilt kind of as those two wins that you you do have to win to get yourself in position to maybe knock off another couple of those games to get six wins. I, I don't see this team getting to six wins without a win against Vanderbilt. So to me, I've got no problem calling it a must win. Yeah, I mean, when you lay it out like that, Matt, I can't argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the disappointing aspect of this. There's a lot of disappointing things, but this this team was supposed to be better, and now here we are at the halfway point of the year, and they've got wins against Louisiana Tech and wins against Abilene Christian, and we can argue that their best-played game was a loss against Georgia where they were w- winning for most of the game before they couldn't quite hold on at the end. Are, are, are you surprised that it's gone down this way? You know, it's funny. I... Um... I talked to a lot of people before the season and I, and I, I feel like sometimes as a fan base, uh, your expectation level rises when your head coach brings in uh, recruiting classes that are ranked in the top 20. And let's be honest, the last two years, that's what coach drink has done. Those classes have been much higher ranked than Barry Odom's classes. They were higher ranked than uh, I don't think Gary Pinkle, the great Gary Pinkle. I don't know that he brought in two back-to-back top 20 classes. So I think everybody's expectation elevates, but I'm not surprised. Uh, I'm not surprised because I didn't really tab uh, uh, this year as a big step year. I, I, I thought 2023 and 2024 would be the two years that we should start to see a bigger step because those are the years that the classes he's just recruited are going to be, uh, you know, right in that maturity range, you know, two, three years in the program. And, uh, and, and look, I know you are what your record says you are, right? I mean, that we're, the Tigers are two and four. They're arguably five plays away from being five and one. I saw a very funny post on Twitter that said, it was like the what if college football rankings. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember who posted it. I wish I, I remember who it was. And he had Missouri ranked fifth in the country at five and one. So, <laughs> again, they're not five and one. They're two and four. They've got work to do. They've got to get better. But they're, I, to be honest, um, I didn't, 
I didn't chalk up before the year them walking into Auburn and winning or going to Florida and winning or beating Georgia, and they hung in those games and played much better against those opponents than I had originally thought. Yeah, they they should have won against Auburn. They could have won against Georgia, and they played Florida really tight. So I, I, in a different set of circumstances, they could have won those. The only game that was one-sided was their game at Kansas State. Right, and and the Kansas State game, again, it's going to sound like I keep making excuses, but uh, in the Kansas State game, that defense was on the field for over 40 minutes. And uh, by the middle of the third quarter, they were gassed, and, and, and Kansas, Kansas State's tailback, just uh, uh, their running game just took over at that point, and they dominated the last quarter and a half uh, because that game was close coming out of halftime, closer. So I, I think I, I was – look, we, we all want the record to be what the – we all want six wins We at least, right? We all want bowl games at least. Uh, we all root for that. We all want that. Uh, but um, I still felt like going into the year that a lot of the talent that Coach Drink has brought in is still fairly young. And so we've got uh, – um, I, I sort of kind of looked at 2023 and 2024 as two years that, you know, we hope to see the big uh, step. As a proud graduate of Kansas State, we could spend the next half hour with me just telling you how good they actually are this year, but I don't think our listeners would especially appreciate that at the moment, so I will, uh, Matt, I will I move on. Say, after they after they ended up stomping Missouri and then losing at home to Tulane, Tulane I remember Tiger fans saying, oh my gosh, we just lost to a team that lost at home to Tulane. Meanwhile, Tulane's 6-1, and one, they're ranked. Yeah, so, they're, and, the, and uh, since then, correct. K-State beat Oklahoma, which I know Oklahoma's not... <laughs> exactly. What, yeah, so... It's exactly uh, Kansas State. What a very, very good team this year. Very good. Yep, they are. All right. Uh, one before we get you out of here, you're part of the broadcast team uh, with our own Joe Pot. Who uh, he does stuff on the men's side. You do stuff on the women's side. But you guys are kind of all working together at, at SIUE. I know the uh, the conference media days uh, held this past week. Obviously, uh, exciting times right now for athletics at SIUE. Yeah, I, and I don't. I, I'll I'll be as quick as I can here. I am. Uh, I am one of those uh, St. Louis sports fans that uh, for many years sort of ignored SIUE. I'll just be honest with you. And I think that that has, that's been sort of the, the MO here in St. Louis. SIUE is kind of an afterthought. And until Lindenwood became a Division I program this, this year, the, there, there were only two Division I programs in the St. Louis metro area, and that was St. Louis University and SIUE. The fact is, you know, uh, the OVC is wide open this year. Both these women, the women's program and the men's program, both have a real opportunity and uh, some say have a shot to win this conference in women's and men's basketball. It's really exciting. Uh, the, the, both programs have a lot of local talent on the, uh, 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 on the women's side. There's, uh, you know, um, KK Rodriguez who played at Webster Groves, uh, Naya Danford played at uh, Pattonville. You've got, uh, uh, um, uh, Azaria Moore, who played at Vashon. So there's local talent playing on both teams. And of course, uh, on the men's side for basketball, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about Collinsville, stud point guard for Collinsville, Rayshon Taylor, who's picked to be at all conference this year. And uh, Rayshon Taylor is phenomenal. If you have an opportunity to drive 20 minutes from downtown St. Louis to check out SIUE men's and women's basketball, well worth your time. Both it- Division one 
programs. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it's a tough kind of marketplace when it comes to college athletics when we're in St. Louis because they're you're right about you know the St. Louis metro area and just having the the two programs now plus Lindenwood. But you think about all the programs in kind of the the extended region where you can look at Power Five programs in Missouri and Illinois, and then you get into the Valley programs like Missouri State and, and, and Southern Illinois, and even you know in St. Louis we had Frank Cusimano on the other day and we were actually talking about some of the non D one programs like an Umzel, like a Wash U. It's just, it is, I feel like it's tough to make a dent kind of into uh, what's going on, and, and more people should be paying attention to programs like SIUE. Yeah, I agree. And and look, we're spoiled, too, in this region. Some of the non-D1 programs, Wash U's always good, women's and men's basketball at the D3 level. Maryville is right uh, right down Highway, uh, highway 40. Uh, so there, we, we have a lot of good options uh, but I, 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 uh, I can tell you for years, I myself ignored SIUE. And now that I'm there, uh, it, uh, I, I want to do as much as I can to promote their programs. Great people over there. The two coaches, Samantha Quigley-Smith on the women's side, Brian Baroni on the men's side, class acts, great coaches. And, and uh, I actually think these two programs are going to make some noise this year. They're going to be fun to watch. He is uh, Randy Molman. You can follow him on Twitter at Voice. You hear him uh, at Missouri uh, Tigers football games. You hear him uh, do uh, play-by-play of uh, SIU athletics, including uh, women's basketball. Randy, thanks so much for the time. Enjoyed the conversation. Matt, I appreciate it. Have a good night, brother. All right, you too. There's Randy Molman joining us here on Sports Open Line, and we appreciate him taking some time. Going to switch gears, talk some St. Louis Blues hockey. They remain undefeated. They picked up an overtime win yesterday in Seattle as they open up a three-game road trip. We'll hear some of the post-game comments of uh, Craig Berube and company. We'll do that next at Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Just about 20 minutes left in the program. My name's Matt Pauley. Back with you tomorrow night from uh, 6 o'clock to uh, 8 o'clock. Tomorrow we are going to have uh, Bob Ramsey on. We'll talk uh, Cardinals and Billikens with him tomorrow We'll also have a national baseball writer, uh, Mari Brown's going to uh, join us. He's also real big into uh, the business of baseball. He does some auto racing stuff as well. He's one of my favorite people to talk to. He's going to join us at about 7.20 tomorrow, so I hope you'll make us part of your evening tomorrow night as well. Last night, the Blues pick up a good win. Over time, they go to Seattle, and they come away with a 4-3 victory. I say good win. They played well in the first period, and they scored the game winner in overtime. They did not play especially well in the second and third periods, but it ended up, I guess, not mattering all that much uh, as they scored three. All three of their uh, regulation goals were all scored in the first period, and then uh, Seattle got uh, two back in the second before a scoreless third. That sent it overtime, and then they get the 4-3 win. It was uh, Justin Falk who scored his second goal of the game on the third assist of the game from Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, head coach Craig Berube and also a Falk addressing the media in the locker room uh, after the game last night. And uh, for Berube, he it was a win. Maybe you wouldn't know it so much based off uh, kind of his tone uh, last night. There were obviously some things uh, that he wants to uh, see uh, done a little bit better from his team. 
More than anything, right now for me, is you know we gotta we gotta stop turning pucks over so much. We always want to make a play, and we gotta stop. We gotta gotta like again, we gotta simplify our game. That's the one thing I'm gonna take away from here tonight. And he continued on that, talking about needing to simplify the game. You know, we gotta be better. Like um, you know, we we're up, we got the lead, and you know sometimes you just gotta simplify things in the second period and play a more simple game. And we didn't do that tonight. And just uh, stay after him and get that. Yeah, get that. Just you know, like when you're you got a team, you got them. You you're up three one. Um, you know, we come out in the second, and we just didn't play a simple enough game, and kind of fed them and let them, you know, have too much time in the offensive zone. The word of the day for Craig Berube last night was uh, some version of simple, simplify, anything with simple being the root word uh, because he talked about it a lot. He did also give Seattle some credit for what they were able to do to force the extra period. Just had a good first period and, you know, it's kind of a, the, the tying goal, you know, like it's like, it's, you know, something that doesn't happen very often, but they came hard. You know, I thought that uh, they pushed us in the second and the third period and, really got on top of us and forced us into bad plays and things like that. They pressured us hard. It was interesting watching Vladimir Tarasenko last night because they really swarmed him. And obviously that's not the first time that that has happened, but they swarmed him when he had the puck. They were not going to let him go anywhere. And him being um, as good with the puck as he is off the stick, he was able to come up with some assists. He had three assists last night. So yeah, there was a lot of open ice all of a sudden when he had the puck because of how aggressive Seattle was being from a, a defensive standpoint. And then Tarasenko was able to take advantage. You know, he's getting his looks like he's getting his shots. I think he's making plays with the puck. I mean, he's he's playing an unselfish game, in my opinion, moving the puck. He made some good plays tonight. He fed Letty back door there, you know, on that one play. Um you know, so he's doing what he does, you know, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, that's where I think he's at. It's not like he ever was selfish, but last year, career high assist. You think he's just become that type of player? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot, you know, they're really, you know, teams are going to key on him. They're not going to give him shots all the time. So there's going to be other people open and, you know, he'll make the play. He's a good player. He, he can make plays. He can pass the puck. So of everything that Baruby said after the game yesterday, I, I'm, and I saved this, this is going to be the final cut from him that we play. This was the one that I kind of took note of more than anything else. So Justin Falk, defenseman, scores two goals, including the game winner in overtime. You would think that his head coach would be over the moon about his performance, but... Yeah, you know, he scored a couple goals. The one goal, it's a great transition play that we work on a lot where he jumped up in the play on the one goal and then overtime. But uh, we were a little bit too involved at times tonight with our D, and we gave up a breakaway and a goal. On that, so, on that yeah. Donato goal, man, you're caught. Falk's a little quicker than maybe most people. Well, think, but, but you can't. We, 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 had, we had a little bit too, ma- too much activation, in my opinion, with our defense in the offensive zone tonight, and we got burnt on it. So that's kind of interesting to me. That's very interesting to me. Just a couple games in, you got a defenseman who scores uh, two goals, and when the head coach is asked about it, instead of really singing the praises of Falk, and he did a little bit, he talked about uh, the play that they were able to run, but he did take that opportunity to mention that he felt like from a defensive standpoint, they were getting too involved, they were committing too far uh, from uh, into the offensive zone, and with that, uh, that created some opportunities for Seattle, especially in those second and third period. So I, I found that to be very interesting. I don't think, 
I don't think he was taking a shot at Falk when he said that, but I do think he was not overly happy with what his defensemen were doing from an offensive standpoint because, again, they were committing too far. Speaking of Falk, he also spoke uh, to the media, and he was asked uh, about that game-winning goal. Uh, I mean, just good job by Tomer to stay on it. I mean, it was, he got pressured pretty good there on the half wall and then even down low, just uh, kind of keeping it a little greasy, and then it popped out to, to Vladdy in front, and uh, just nice heads-up play by Vladdy to see me coming in. Vladdy there, you know, he could... Yeah, he was yelling at me, saying I was calling for it. It was pretty obvious, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously he is more more than capable to to do that. But uh, good play by him. He was also asked about what happened after the team took the uh, th- had the lead and had the three goals in the first period. What happened during the second and third periods? Yeah, <laughs> take the two points, but it's definitely it was pretty ugly. Second and third period, we kind of we got out skated and got out worked. Um, I don't know exactly what it is but it's, it's probably good for us to, to see like some teams are playing with pace already you know we're a little behind the eight ball and, and games played but um just that we know we need to pick up our pace and, and do it for the whole game hopefully uh you know there's a lot of time between games right now and uh just still feeling it out but uh we we got to be prepared and be ready and and like i said we're, we're lucky we got the two points today but um it's gonna be another tough test on saturday so we got to be prepared so you had the two goals that were scored by Falk. You had Jordan Bennington going out and making uh, 32 saves on 35 shots. You had uh, Tarasenko with the the three assists. There were certainly some very good individual per, uh, performances. Uh, Falk was asked about a couple of them, Tarasenko, and also was asked about the performance of Jordan Bennington. Yeah, I mean, without him, it's over, I think, right? We, we weren't playing good at all as a group, and, and he stood tall. Uh, a lot of chances, a lot of great days that we gave up, and uh, he did his thing, and, and that's what uh, that's what we expect of him. But uh, he's uh, obviously doing doing well. And if you don't mind me going back to Vladdy for one second, five points in two games quietly, kind of it seems like, but he's doing a lot out there, isn't he? Yeah, I mean he's dangerous. I think you know he, he attracts a lot of attention. He can shoot and score from anywhere. So uh, anytime that buck's on his stick, he, he probably creates more space for his teammates and and uh, finds opportunities for them to score too. And uh, when you're a dangerous player like that, teams have to take take notice and be aware. And, and obviously. Uh, they're trying, but he's been doing pretty well. Tell you what, Bennington did have some really big time saves in last night's game. There were multiple times where he was able to uh, save the game. I mentioned this earlier, and I'm not really a three star like the three stars thing. It's it's fun. Uh, I, I don't I don't get upset about it very often, and I don't take note of it all that often as well. Obviously, uh, when the games are locally produced by Bally, uh, you see them come out. I don't. I turned it off last night. I, I don't even know if on the national TV broadcast they showed them because I, I when the game is over, uh, I, I turned it off and, and moved on. But I was looking at some stuff today on ESPN, mentioned this in the first segment tonight and also on uh, social media. So I'm repeating myself for some of you folks out there. Uh, but the the stars of the game, the top star, obviously, Justin Falk, because he scores two goals and he scores the game winner. But then... They chose a couple Seattle players as star number two and star number three. A couple players in uh, in Borgonado who each had one goal. How do you not put Vladimir Tarasenko there? The dude had three assists, including assisting on the game winner in overtime. You could certainly make an argument for Jordan Bennington as well. Again, it was in Seattle. You've got Seattle media making decisions, things like that. But I just thought it was a little funny that 
the stars of the game were what they were, uh, again, not the end of the world. They, they won. That's all that really matters. Uh, Blues are going to get back at it when they match up against Edmonton. So far, so good for this team. They are 2-0-0, even when they don't play great. Last night, the the comments being made were much more negative than positive after yesterday's game, and that's coming after a victory. So what that tells you is the expectations that this team has. They're happy for the win, but they're not just content with the win. They're not just content to have it and uh, move on. So that is good to see, and we'll see uh, what they do uh, continuing to uh, move forward. I think this could be a good good season this year for the Blues. We'll see just how good it is. We'll see how they stack up uh, amongst the elite of the Western Conference, but so far so good through a couple games this year. All right, we'll take one more break. We will return, and we'll wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line. My name is Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. Starting to wrap up this edition of Sports Open Line here on KMOX. Of course, always streaming on the Odyssey app, always on demand on the Odyssey app as well. My name is Matt Pauley, 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can also tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. An update on what's going on in the ALCS. The Astros put up a three spot, and they have a 3 nothing lead, top of the fourth inning. But the Yankees are threatening with runners on at second and third. Uh, I think the Astros just committed an error as I was looking up there that allowed maybe a runner to reach, certainly the runners to uh, move a couple bases forward. So if anything happens there, before we get done here in about five minutes, we'll let you know. I think I could have a, now I'm very happy in this job and I'm not looking to move on from this job, but I think I could have a very good career as a professional apology writer. It's for whatever reason, we live in a world where people cannot get apologies right. They just can't. You say something stupid, you do something stupid, you need to apologize, and you can't get the apology right. And we live, we live in a very, very forgiving culture, uh, especially when it comes to athletes. We're not forgiving on some things, but we are, and, and time tends to heal all wounds. So, One of the things that you should never say in the apology is, if I offended anybody, the the correct way to go about it is to say, to those I offended. Because if you say, if I offended anybody, you're basically saying, I don't think I did anything wrong. Where if you say, to those I offended, then you are admitting that you understand that you said something you shouldn't say and you're understanding why it was offensive. So that brings us to Tom Brady. We all know that Tom Brady is a very media-savvy individual. He said something earlier this week where he made an analogy and he used a very bad choice of words. He compared being an NFL football player to a military deployment. Now, the point he was trying to make is that you're in it, there's no time for family, you're at the facility all day long, you are totally locked in for the six, seven months that you're, that you're with your teammates, and then you finally get to go home and, and, and return to normal life. That was the point that he was trying to make. Now, clearly, you cannot say that because when we think about military deployments, 
We think about people putting their lives on the line and protecting us and doing all of that. So I can I can both understand where Tom Brady was coming from and the point that he was attempting to make, while we can also all agree that he should not have said it that way. That was a that was a dumb way to say it. So he has a podcast that he does with uh, Jim Gray, and he did the apology. And this is just a good example of why Tom Brady is who he is when it comes to um, his being media savvy. So he didn't he didn't completely do my to those I offended, but it was it was very close. When he was speaking on his podcast, he said, earlier this week, I made a statement about playing football and the military, and it was a very poor choice of words. I just want to express that any sentiments out there that people may have taken in a certain way, so I apologize. So what he did right there was he said, this is what I said. I understand why you could take it this way, even if I didn't completely mean that way. And I apologize. It he it's it bordered. It just it just barely, barely, barely bordered on the um, if I offended. But he went just enough past that that it was a legitimate apology. So once again, you may not like Tom Brady, but once again, you can learn from Tom Brady from a media savvy standpoint. He admits his mistake. He apologizes for the mistake, and most importantly. He understands and admits that he understands why what he said was offensive. There you go. That's my, for anybody out there listening who says something stupid, and we can all say something stupid. There is a good chance that at some point something stupid is going to come out of my mouth, and I'm going to have to apologize for it because I say something not meaning the way it actually comes out. When you're sitting here and you're talking night after night after night, it happens. Knock on wood, it doesn't happen anytime soon. It hasn't happened yet for me. Uh, but it just when you when you talk as much as we do, it's very easily, uh, very easy for us to say something that uh, we don't. It comes out in a way that we did not completely mean it. All right, uh, that's just about gonna wrap things up. By the way, this game has gotten much much closer. And Houston, the Yankees have put up two runs in the top of the fourth inning, so the Astros' three nothing lead has been cut down to a three two lead. Uh, one out, one on. So the potential go-ahead run is at the plate right now in uh, Josh Donaldson for uh, the Yankees. So we'll see if anything ends up happening with that. Again, uh, coming up tomorrow, Bob Ramsey is going to join us. Uh, Maury Brown is going to be uh, with us as well. We'll see what else we might have in store. At Your Service is on the way next, and then I'll talk to you tomorrow night once again from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock. It's Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.